actually three times. I'm going to be here the last two Sundays in addition to this morning. And so I wanted to kind of come up with a theme, you know, when you're going to speak a few times. And, and uh, so I, 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 you know, I looked over the past. Uh, I, I thought about something that would be fun for the summer and uh, decided I wanted to do a series uh, called Facing Your Giants. We're going to, you know, take the theme from uh, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, and uh, during these uh, three weeks, we're going to look at the life of David, and, and, I, and I just want to focus in each of the times that I'm here with you on, on an issue of the heart, because that's where the action is. The action is always with the heart, and, uh, and so we're going to see that a little bit this morning. And, and so we're going, to, we're going to start out with probably the most popular story uh, in the Old Testament. I mean, it's a story that even people that don't go to church have heard at some point. You know, the story of David and Goliath. And uh, it's a little bit of a challenge because I know for many of us it's a very familiar story. So I'm not going to take time this morning to read it in detail to you. I'm going to reference a few areas. And I gave you an outline, but the, the, the reality is we know the story. Um, what I want us to focus on as we go through the story is those, um, con- the condition of our heart and, and how we build, how we learn from the example of David, how to have a heart of courage. Uh, I, I, think, I just think that courage is so uh, important. You know, but um, as the story goes, there was a giant. <laughs> you know, there, there was something overwhelming, you know, that was approaching him. And, 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 and I know it's kind of a metaphor, but we, we all have giants in our lives. We all have circumstances and situations, you know, that... Uh, there may not be a, a physical giant there, but, but you know, there's a giant that, that brandishes a sword of, you know, in case unemployment, you know, uh, of abuse, of abandonment, you know, of difficulties in life where we just feel like we're being cut down, you know, overwhelmed. And what people don't realize is that giant, I mean, for many of us, it walks through our offices, it walks through our homes, it walks through our classrooms, wherever we go, it's there taunting us. And uh, we're going to look at some very real kinds of giants in our lives. But I, as I was thinking about this topic and, and the kinds of giants we have and the need for courage, I, I, I just was reviewing my own life and thinking through times that, that I needed courage. And I want to share a few of those with you and just kind of maybe let it you know, stimulate you to think back on times in your life where, where you needed courage. Uh, I, I think times in my life when I went in for a job interview, uh, particularly this one time I went in for a job interview to be a principal of a school, and I had no formal education background. My degree was in religious studies, and I'm applying for a job to be the principal of a school. I mean, you talk about afraid. You talk about, what am I even doing? Well, I'm, you know, it, when I saw Sheila, and I thought, ah, I'd like to get to know her. I'd like to ask her out on a date. You know, for guys, that's a, that's a, that's a giant. Like, what if she says no? What if she laughs at me? You know, that's just like, ah! You know, the, the, the giant of, of, uh, of stepping into ministry. You know, you come to faith and, 
you know, and, and they, they say, we need some help here. And, you know, and, and, and you feel a, a little tug on you, like, I think the Lord wants me to do this, but I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I have the skills. When I started in ministry, I went to a camp with a couple hundred kids, my first time involved in ministry, because I had an art background and I thought I could do crafts with the kids. And they said, Mike, we have someone to do crafts. We need you to do, be a counselor. I'm a single guy. What, what do you mean you need me to be a counselor? <laughs> it's like, you know, that, that giant rose up, you know, and I, I shrunk, you know. And, oh! You know, you've ever been invited into ministry. When I contemplated pastoring, you know, you don't, you don't just go, oh, you know, lucky God he chose me to be a pastor, you know. When you hear that call in your life, man, you, you hear it with fear and trembling. You know, and uh, I have a friend who says, growing old isn't for sissies. You talk about something that can be very intimidating, can, can be a giant, can be overwhelming, can, can raise up fear in you is, you know, how, how do I do this? I mean, how, how do I do this season? you know, of my life. I think of Joshua in the Old Testament. You know, here uh, he was one of the first 12, goes into the promised land, scopes it out. They all come back. Ten of them say, there's giants in the land. You know, we're but grasshoppers. We can't go in there. Of course, you know the story. Uh, They didn't go in for 40 years until a new generation came up. And then God says to Joshua, Moses isn't going in. I want you to lead my people. I mean, you talk about feeling like you're facing a giant. You want me to take the place of Moses? I mean, that's Moses. And, of course, God makes that statement to him, you know. uh, Be courageous. Be encouraged. I'm going to be with you. You know, don't be afraid. And, uh, of course, he, you know, he walks in and looks at it. So, so, you know, life has the kinds of things that happen where we need hearts of courage. And uh, so I want to look at that with you. Let's, let's pray, and then we'll kind of get into it a little bit more. Father, this morning, as we, uh, Lord, as we gather, Lord, um, I just thank you for uh, the stories in your word, Lord, because they, they just help to practic- make practical a lot of the truths that you try to teach us and the inspiration that you have for us. And, and Lord, it helps us connect our story with your story when we hear them. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that you would do that. Lord, and if there is a place in our own lives where our hearts need to be strengthened and we need to be encouraged, would you, would you do that this morning? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have the, the setting. Uh, the, the story is in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17. So if you, if you want to reflect on it, you can. Uh, the little outline that I, notes that I passed out has some key passages. But, but it starts out with the Philistines, you know, the bad guys coming against the nation of Israel. The Philistines are on one hill. Uh, the Israelites are on the other hill. There's a valley in between. And, uh, and what's happening is this giant of a man, you know, named Goliath, is coming out, 
and taunting uh, the Israelites and taunting their God and you know, saying, come on, send somebody out and, and we'll fight. And if our side wins, then we don't have to kill all of you, you know. And if your side wins, you know, and just kind of we'll make it easy, you know, just, just kind of taunting them. And, and, uh, and, and, and let's face it, the Israelites are terrified. <laughs> you know, it, it says there in verse 11, you know, they, they heard the Philistines' word, and Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. It's like, oh, that guy is huge. And of course, they really worked this whole thing up about the, the giant and, the, and Goliath and the size of him. I mean, you know, he's, he's over nine feet tall. Uh, the, the army, I mean, the armor, you know, um, my Bible says shekels, but if you transfer that into pounds, you know, nearly 125 pounds is what his armor weighed. I mean, he had a guy walking out in front of him carrying the shield. You know, he had, you know, he had a, a javelin that was like 15 pounds. I mean, just a, a big person, a massive person, you know, with, with kind of massive artillery. I'm thinking he's kind of like a, an ancient Rambo. Or, you know, and he's like one of those guys in the, you know, WWF fighting ring, you know, just where they, they you know, they, you know, rah, you know, they give each other the look and they sound mean and, and, and you know, and, and, you, and you've got, uh, you know, this, this guy. And sometimes in life we, we really do come up against very practical, overwhelming kinds of giants, uh, I think of people I know a few years ago when the when the housing market dunked, and uh, they got the uh, notice from the bank, you know, that uh, we're foreclosing on your house because you can't make the payments, you know, because everything changed and their job changed, you know, and and they go in and 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 you know, and they ask for some help, and it's like this giant, you know, of a business can't help you, can't make the pay the bill, too bad. You know, that kind of thing. Or, you know, if, uh, a situation where someone's gone through a divorce and you get the lawyers involved. And that, that whole thing can just be a traumatic, you know, giant uh, of a kind of a, uh, an event. Or, or where you're in a job, you're in a well-paying job, you've been there for a while, and you've got a boss that's, that's unscrupulous and is asking you to do, you know, things that are not right. And, and you feel it tangibly in the moment the pressure that this person holds my life and my income in their hands. That's a giant. That's a very real, present giant in somebody's life. But you know what the fundamental issue is? Not just the, the size, but the reality that we all struggle with the fear of man or the fear of people. You know, that's what it, what it comes down to. You know, the Israelites, they look at Goliath and they're just, they're just you know, terrified of him as, you know, as he goes around and, and haunts them. You know, and, uh, and we do that, you know, we, we enter into that same kind of thing when we face, you know, injustices at work or abuses in the family. You know, we can get to a place where we're, we're terrified. We don't know what to do or where to go with it. And uh, fear 
that creeps up in us, it has different names. You know, we, we, it's, it's, sometimes it's very real. People are in very real places where there's physical, uh, uh, emotional abuse. You have situations where you, you've got a family member that their anger is out of control. You know, you have a, a family member, a friend, where there's, there's uh, alcoholism and drug abuse, and there's just actual uh, the fear of physical harm. Uh, you know, there's times when it comes to the fear of man that we create it by taking people that we look up to and putting them up on a pedestal and idolizing them. And so from that place, we are tempted to do what they want us to do, even though it might not be the right thing to do. Of course, as we're younger, I think this is a greater impact on us as we grow older, hopefully we're able to identify those things, but I think we just have to check our hearts on them periodically. But the fear of man and, and, and the pressure uh, that comes, and you see, for the Israelites, what had happened is Goliath was this big giant, and their God was a small God. They had, they had lost sight on what was going on. They had let fear control them. But what, what is interesting to note is even though uh, Goliath had this amazing armor, he was one, missing one piece of armor. He was missing the armor of God. And as a result, this young man, David, takes a stone and finishes him off. Like, wow! So, where did David find the courage? Where does courage come from for us to face the giants in our life? And, and uh, how does a courageous heart get formed in us? How was courage formed in David, even though he was a, a young man? I want to look at that. And before I do, I just to make this more personal for you, if, if there's something in your life that's going on right now, a situation or a circumstance that you, you would say, you know, it, it's not a huge giant, but you know, it, there is a little bit of fear. There's a little bit of trepidation. There's a, there's a little bit of concern. I'm a little bit overwhelmed by it. I want you just to identify that in your own mind. Hold on to that. And as we talk about these four points that I'm going to draw out of this story of, of how courage is developed in us, See if, if one or more of those doesn't help you in walking through the, the giant that you have in your life right now, the thing that you're dealing with. You know, see if we can't find something that helps you. Now, it's kind of interesting because when, it, when we're talking about how courageous heart is, is formed, it, the, the passage spends some time, as you read through it, really making this distinction between David and Goliath. You know, David's just this young kid He's, you know, he's a delivery boy. Uh, you know, he's taking care of the sheep out in the field. You know, he, his dad sends him to check on his sons that are his brothers, you know, the sons of the dad, the brothers of David that are in the battle. You know, and so he's an Aaron boy. We know that he is the youngest of, of all of these brothers. And, and so you, you, you get this picture painted of David, and then, of course, you get this picture painted of Goliath, just this massive, huge, you know, well-equipped, you know, battle-hardened man, and, and David, who doesn't have any experience in the battle. 
So there's, there's a tension that is built into the story that you, you don't want to miss as it goes along. And so how does a person, you know, overcome their fear? How, how do we overcome peer pressure? How, you know, how do we overcome the inability to say no when, 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 we, when we see the need to say no? Well, the first point I want to make to you is we, we need to look to the reward. To look to the reward. It's, it's kind of interesting that uh, David, um, that he... Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. That when they're talking about it, he's seeing the, the the giant come out. He's seeing the giant, you know, ridicule the army and challenge them. And 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 David says, "What what's going on there? Why why isn't anybody going out?" And and they say, "Hey, you know the uh, the, the king promised that if somebody goes out after this, that he he's gonna he, you know, he's gonna give him a reward." In verse 25, it says, The king will give great wealth to the man who kills this giant, and he'll also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. Wow! Not having to pay taxes, your family forever! (laughs) You know, and and we kind of read over that, you know, and, and we know that it's only part of the picture because Dave was also incensed that Goliath would challenge God. And the people of God, but but David even goes back and says, "Now, now tell me again, what what it, what's going to be given to the person that does this?" It helps us to have a courageous heart when we remember that there's a reward for doing what God's called us to do. You see, courage is something that. Um, that doesn't mean there's no fear. Uh, courage doesn't mean that there's like foolishness or folly or, you know, cluelessness. And we're not talking about that kind of thing. Like, oh, you know, no big deal. I mean, David wasn't there like, oh, that's no big deal. He's just a big I can do it. You know, there, was, there, there wasn't a sense of cluelessness. Uh, it, it, it's not that David didn't see how big the man was. And how well fortified he was, um, but there part of it was there was, was a sense of reward. And I, I know I've been challenged by this because sometimes I think you know people should just do it because it's the right thing to do. People should just do it because God loves them. I mean, and and I found over the years that that's that's rather naive, and it's not it's not what the Bible says. In Hebrews chapter 11, they that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. That, that, that's kind of a given. Well, you know, part of it is, what's the reward? Well, the reward of the forgiveness of sins, the reward of eternal life, you know, the reward of his presence with us and his help with us. I mean, the, when, when you look at the rewards, when you think of reward... Think of all of the promises in the Word of God. That's, they are the reward. All of them, those are the reward. You know, so sometimes we need to get into the Word and we need to review the rewards. They used to have these little books called, you know, uh, uh, Jesus People Promise books. And they would take all of the promises of God 
and just have him there so you could open the book out. Oh, yeah, that's a reward for following the Lord. He's going to be with me. He'll never leave me or forsake me. You know, I'll never go hungry. You know, I mean, you just can go through it over and over and all of the rewards. And so there was a little bit where this this idea of rewards um, was was important. And and to be honest with you, it's it's a little bit challenging for us. I think, particular as Americans, kind of, you know, in general, as as middle class Americans, one of the biggest challenges for us is our desire for comfort and security. You know, and and you know, isn't that one of the raging conversations in our culture today? This issue of security, comfort, having the things that you need so you're comfortable. It works against a courageous heart. You know, there's a point where we have to look at those things and we have to ask ourselves, are there any things that are worth giving up some of my security for and some of my comfort? You know, is it uh, worth giving up some of that to see my family members come to Christ? Is it worth giving up some of that to uh, help someone who is, is in misery, who is going through a, a very difficult time? You know, is it worth that in, in seeing the truth when? Even though it seems like the people that are on the side of the truth is a smaller group than the people that are on the other side. You know, is, is it worth seeing the glory of God where, where God is honored because I've given up a little comfort and a little bit of security and taken some courage to go in the direction that he's called me. To not be afraid to do his will. So, rewards are a little bit of it. And you might be in a place where you need to, with some of the giants in your life, go back and uh, read some of those promises and some of the rewards of following the Lord and doing it his way. Uh, secondly, we need to develop the habits of courageous living. You know, um, now, I think seldom, once in a while it happens, where somebody will get very courageous, even though they live the life of compromise and cowardice, that, you know, courage rises up. But, you know, that's the exception. That's not the rule. You know, the rule is that that is something that is, that is practiced. It's something that's built in. You know, a few years ago, there was this uh, little, you know, piece that went about, and, and it's, I think it's still popular today on a, on a certain level, and uh, we, have, we had this question when it came to moral issues or when it came to how to handle a situation. People said, well, you just need to ask, what would Jesus do? You know, WWJD. I don't know if you ever had one of those bracelets or, you know, you ever had one of those, you know, the bumper sticker, what would Jesus do? Yeah, what would Jesus do? You know, and that's a, that's a good place to start, but, but let me suggest to you that you're not going to be able to do what Jesus would do if you're not living the life that Jesus lived. You know, you, you, you look at his life. I mean, from his baptism, he's taken out into the desert. He's tempted by the devil. And what does he respond with time and time and time again? The Word, right? The Word. 
You see, he had built the Word of God into his life. You want to know what Jesus would do? You've got, you got to have the Word built into your life. What do we see again when we look at Jesus' lifestyle? He would get away from the busyness and he would go out to a quiet place and spend time with God the Father. You know? And uh, we don't know what happened out there. I just assume what happened out there with him was happens with us, you know, kind of a time of refreshment, a time of review, a time of saying, God, what do you have next? Reviewing the purpose, what you're doing. I mean, all of those things. Now, if Jesus, in his day and age, needed to get away from the crowd and get some quiet time with God, how much more for us in our day and age, in the busyness of the 21st century, do we need to see that that habit is part of our lives we're able to get away and have some quiet time with God? Compassion, his display of compassion. He was willing to be interrupted in the midst of crowds and busyness to take care of a person. You see, you can, you can, you can look at uh, various aspects of his life and ask yourself... Um, does, does my life include many of those same elements? Because if I want to do what Jesus did, I need to be living the way that Jesus lived. Let, let me give you a, an example real quick. Um, uh, Le, LeBron James, I don't know if you've heard, is, is just got signed on with the Lakers. You know, and he's a fabulous, uh, you know, kind of an all-star basketball player. And somebody, you know, watches him, you know, on the screen or on TV or in, you know, in the middle of a game. And, oh, I want to be like LeBron, you know. Wow, he is great. I want to be great like that. Well, you know how he got like that? Thousands of hours of private practice and tens of thousands of shots of shooting the basket into the basketball. I mean, the basketball in the basket. The stuff you don't see. Hundreds Thousands of hours put in in private so that what you see in public catches your eye. Dear ones, how are you doing at developing the kinds of habits in private, in your own life, that when you need courage, you can depend upon them? And uh, one last thing, and I want to approach this carefully because I know how it is. For parents and for grandparents, one of the greatest things you can do is help your children develop courage. And the reason I hesitate with that is because I think with grandparents, a lot of times it's like, I'm the grandparent, I get to spoil them, you have to take care of them. You know, we have that kind of attitude, I put my time in with you, and I don't have to put my time in with them. But if you think of all of the things that you can leave a child with, if you can leave them with a sense of courage. You know, when the situations arise in, in, in life and, you know, I, I don't want to go to the piano recital. I mean, I, I'm afraid, you know, I'm going to be in front of people. What if I mess up? You know what? You need to go to the recital. You can do this. You need to do it. You know, there's a situation where you find that they have a, something, a toy or something, a piece of candy, and, you know, where'd you get that? Oh, I got it from the store. Well, when did that happen? Well, I just picked it up when we were there the other day. Well, you know what? You need to go back to the store. And you need to tell them what you did, and you need to pay for it. 
You know, that kind of thing. That kind of thing where, where you know what, we're, we're, you can't pick on your friend in the neighborhood because your friends at school pick on them. We don't do that. You know, in our family, we, we stand up for the underdog. We stand up for the minority. We, we stand up for the people that are weak and in need. You see, if we can build those kinds of things, if we can affirm those things, we're so good at affirming good grades. We're so good at affirming when they do wonderful at sports. We're so good at affirming popularity. But you know the thing that's going to carry them through life is if they've developed courage of heart. Because you and I know that life is filled with giants. They're going to come up against them again and again and again and again. So grandparents, you can spoil them, but also figure out once in a while how to speak courage into the life of your grandkids. And parents, don't, don't, don't miss that as part of uh, what you have to offer them. So we look for a reward. We develop habits of courageous living. We rely on our God-given resources. You know, I, I, I love the story. Uh, you know, King Saul hears that David has said, oh, I'll take on that giant. And so, you know, bring that boy to me. Let me see him. And, you know, and David, you know, is there. And, you know, and he says, you know, I, 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 I went out and, and you know, I, I fought the lion and, and I fought the bear. And, you know, I, I, I can fight this giant. God will be with me. And, and uh, you know, Saul's like, okay. So what does he do? He tries to put all of his armor on David, right? You know, and David's walking around like clunk, clunk, clunk. And it's just like it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. He's not used to it. And uh, so he, you know, he, you know, he says, I, I can't do that. Uh, you know, I, I, I've got to take what I know. And the scripture says that he picked up his staff. He picked up a couple stones and put them in his bag. He took his sling out of his pocket. And he walked out and began to face the giant. You see, he went with the gifts and the resources that God had given him. And dear ones, when it comes to facing some of the giants in our lives, each one of us are unique. And the giants we have to face are unique. They're our giants, and we need to face them with our abilities and our skills and our giftings. You know, they're not somebody else's giants, and you can't put on somebody else's way of handling them. You know, you, you, you have to figure out with, with, with who you are and what your uniquenesses are and, and what God has promised you how to face the giants in your life. Second Peter 1.3, I, I love this verse. His divine power has given us, all of us, everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. God has given us the resources, you know? Um, and so we need to rely upon the gifts and the resources that God has given us. So we look for reward. <clears throat> we figure out <clears throat> how to develop habits of courageous living. You know, we rely on God's gifts and resources. And, and of course, the last one, and, and I think it, <clears throat> it's kind of the underlying one, we focus on the living God. We, we, we focus on who God is. 
you know, David said, well, you know, this happened with the lion, and this happened, and I've seen, I've seen Goliath yelling at us. But you know, God is going to be with me. And, and whenever in the Scripture somebody draws close to God, in that place, courage rises up. I mean, think about this. Moses was not able to confront Pharaoh until after he met God in the burning bush. Isaiah confronted the king of Israel after he met God in the temple. You know, there's place and place. The, the apostle Paul transformed when he met God on the Damascus road. You know, time and time again, you know, when we encounter God, when we draw close to God, it changes our perspective. It changes how we see things. Because as we draw close to Him, we discover that He is bigger. And we're smaller. And the things that we fear are smaller. Our giants shrink when we draw close to Him. And you know, one of the things that I think takes uh, the greatest courage for all of us, at some point we've, uh, I trust that you've encountered this or experienced this, and that is, it takes courage to come to the cross of Christ and discover what God has done for us. It takes courage to come to a place where in that place I'm diminished. I'm not as good as I think I am, not as nice as I think I am. I find out I don't have it all together like I think I do. Life isn't as rosy as, as I think it is. In that place, God reveals to me the true condition of my heart, the true condition of my life. I find I'm a sinner. I find that I'm a fail, failure. You know, I, I, I'm undone in that place. And yet in that very same place where it takes courage to come and humble myself and say to God, yes, you know, you're right and I'm wrong. And, and, and Jesus had to die in my place. Otherwise, I would have been punished for those things. You, you, you not only discover that, but then you discover all of the wonderful things, again, that God has done for you. The forgiveness of those sins. Uh, the washing away of, of those things. And, and, and I think one of the greatest things, you talk about a reward, is you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, inside of you, I believe, a foundation of la is laid for courage that you'll never, ever know otherwise. Because you see... You have the God who's not afraid of anything dwelling inside of you. And so that's part of the experience of life is, is for me to learn to rest on that truth, to embrace that truth, and then to live with that truth that He is with me. Therefore, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because the Spirit of God is dwelling in us. This morning, as you wrap this up, think about your giant. I asked you to find something in your life that was a little intimidating, a little place where there's some fear, a little bit, um, maybe a lot, overwhelmed. 
Have you looked at the rewards that God promises you for walking out life in that situation His way? How are you doing with the habits? Develop courage in your heart. Do you need to go back to some of those things that you've let slide? You know, um, do you need to fall back on understanding that God made me the way He did and promised to be with me and Him being with me, I can overcome it with the resources I have. I may not have a million dollars. I may not know a lawyer. You know, uh, I may not have, you know, the skill of a doctor. But you know what? God is with me because He's made me who I am and He's given me resources and He's given me gifts and He's given me a heart to be able to believe Him and I can do it. And maybe the reality is focusing on the living God. You've just been spent too much time focusing on your giant. You know? <clears throat> you see, you have a choice. You can see a, a big Goliath in a small you. Or you can see a big God in a small giant. What are you going to do? Let's pray. Father, we uh, thank you this morning for Lord, this amazing story that we've, we just touched upon, some of the elements of it. But Lord, I don't know that there isn't someone here, Lord, that wouldn't say like I would say for myself, Lord, I want a courageous heart like David. Uh, I, I want to be able to face giants, not in a foolish way, not in a sense of any self-righteousness or, or a sense of being equipped with my own abilities and skills. I want to be able to face the giants in my life as David did, saying that, you know what, God is on my side. And so, Lord, as we put our eyes on you, may our giants shrink and may the courage of our hearts grow, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand and we'll go ahead and uh, worship before we're closed. Here is our peace. Here is our love. Here is our God who's come to bring us back to Him. He is the one. He is Jesus. He is our King. He is a 